From the offices of Courtney Dehoff, a.k.a. her apartment in Dallas, the cowgirl-turned-television host brings you the Cowgirl Problems Podcast. This podcast is where country and city living collide. Cowgirl Problems is dedicated to anyone who is trying to figure out what the heck they're doing with their life. It's for the cowgirls, cowboys, entertainers, and everyday hustlers sorting through all of life's problems. Buckle up. Here goes nothing. Well, welcome to the Cowgirl Problems Podcast. Oh my gosh, I have been manifesting my next two guests for so long. I have been Insta like stalking slash fangirling them. I'm trying to remember, I think maybe for like three or four months, I've been following you, you girls for a while. Uh, you're probably familiar with them as the Tulips on Instagram, but Cassandra and Stephanie are joining me from Canada. Ladies, hello. 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 We've been fangirling over you too. I think oh. we're best friends. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, I got ready for this podcast and I was like, I feel like we're good friends and we've never actually met or spoken like in real life. So I was like, this just solidifies the friendship. Like it's official now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we agree. Girls, I want to sort of take it back to the beginning because you just are always sharing the coolest stuff and you have like the coolest operation up there in Manitoba, but I want you to sort of just introduce yourself uh, to my listeners in case they don't follow you on Instagram. Have you ladies been farming and riding horses and doing all of the things your whole life? Were you sort of born into it or what did that journey look like for the two of you? Uh, well, I'm Cassandra. I'm the older sister. And I just wanted a horse the minute I was born. Our family was not into it. So that part was me. And then Steph followed along with that because I just demanded that we have horses from like three years old on. <laughs> and then as far as the farm, we were born into that. And we both have a post-secondary education, but we both fell back into the farm life and both like it. Yeah, we probably... I've probably been farming now full-time for 10 years-ish, maybe eight, eight to 10 years. Yeah, so we're kind of immersed in it. And then I guess showing quarter horse at a higher level, we only started that when I was in university, I think, um, traveling to the States and stuff more. Yeah, we just trained our own horses until we were 18 or so and just stayed local. I love that. That's so neat. And I think what people are so, I think why, I know why I'm so attracted to the two of you and what you're doing is because you are running, you know, the operation alongside your family. You know, I see your dad who I love, by the way, I feel like I also kind of know him as well. He's just like so charming and fun and he's always being featured in your Instagram and we see your mom as well. But you know, the two of you are really running this operation alongside, you know, your, your dad and I think what people love about the two of you is that it's not always expected. You're really sort of fearlessly like you're merging farming and fashion, for instance, which are two things that people don't traditionally put together. And so I want to talk about your platform. How, how long have you had the Two Loves platform? And did you set out to just like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to bust stereotypes. We're going to rock high fashion, like in the fields and show people that you can be both. Or did it sort of like develop into that over time? Uh, our dad also has a manufacturing company. 
we make bin sweeps and augers and both of us were sale were the sales team for the auger line and we were constantly told that we did not look like farmers when we were younger like this is in our early 20s when we were doing that and um it just kind of got annoying because people didn't value us they just kind of looked at us like we don't look like farmers so how could you be yeah they wouldn't take us seriously and so we really had to fight to be taken seriously and be more knowledgeable than anyone else any of the other men on the sales team because otherwise we wouldn't be taken seriously so when we started the tulips we kind of just jumped into it right away because it's who we are it's very authentic to who we are and if it breaks stereotypes then that's awesome yeah we started it two years ago and i guess we wanted to keep fashion in it because i i always wanted to be a model so it was just natural to have that in there as well and we wanted to also promote agriculture to a broader audience we didn't want to just be talking to other people in the farm um, world and i think that's so important because i think in agriculture sometimes we get very caught up in like sharing our message with other people in agriculture which really at the end of the day that doesn't help promote and you know, expand our reach because we already know, like people in agriculture, we sort of know the story and we know that, you know, what we do is special. And so that's what I really appreciate about you ladies. And I really love if you're listening and you don't follow them, follow them immediately. You're not just like, posting, <laughs> you're not just posting like fancy clothes in, you know, on a tractor or something. You're text is so powerful and the words that you share are equally as critical and so you're not only showcasing you know fashion and all of these cool things but you always have a really great message everything from you know mental health to really lifting up females in the industry and i want to talk about that portion of it because every single thing you share i can tell has been well thought out there is a strong purpose behind the message. And I, you, got, you girls are making such a difference in the industry. So talk to me a little bit uh, about that part of it because you're storytellers. In my, in my eyes, I'm like, oh gosh, they are great storytellers. <laughs> I said you who's the best yeah. storyteller. <laughs> no, you girls are killing it. I, sometimes I'm like, what should I, I get stuck. Sometimes I'm like, dang it. I don't know what to post. I feel like I need to post something. And I'm like, let me go see what Cass and Steph are doing. Let me see what they're posting. And then I'm going to try to like read your, you know, not totally copying, but like sort of. Talk a little bit about where no, it's just, well, I think that's just inspiration. We're inspired by you too, because we would do the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that I, well, I push the mental health a lot because I definitely struggle from anxiety. So I def definitely want to showcase that because I think Instagram sh and social media in general shows people's lives, these little snapshots of perfection. And it's just not true. So I definitely try to push that mental health thing because I, definitely struggle with it um and then i think a lot of it comes from our parents and being raised in the agricultural world because it's just real life and it's everything's relevant there so i don't know i 
I think we're just not afraid to talk about hard topics because on a farm, like you learn about life and death very early on when your favorite cat dies or whatever. And I think those are important lessons that just carry through when you're raised in alcohol or in, in <laughs> agriculture. <laughs> Like what I, I lost my train I loved it. You were rolling but with that, it. I was like, I'm gonna let her go. This is awesome. No, that that's so good. Would you sort of echo her her sentiments? I don't know which okay. Um yeah, I guess I don't know which one of you was just talking. So I'm like, would you meaning yeah, whichever yeah. one of you wasn't just talking? Yeah. I can tell our voices apart sometimes. You sound <laughs> very similar, especially via like Phones from I'm like oh man they're a lot maybe it's just because you're so far north I can't tell the difference you know we're so far away um, yes yeah, so <laughs> go for it I guess our parents never put those stigmas on us so when we did start working um, trade shows it was kind of a shock to us that that's how some people think that women can't farm or they don't know as much as men so. I guess we were never really afraid to just jump into that because we didn't want people, we didn't want other women to feel like that. And our dad is just so supportive. He never puts any restrictions on us. If anything, we put restrict restrictions on ourselves. He's always just like, you can go do it. Go, go, figure fix it out. whatever, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> That's so good. I want you to, to expand on that because I think what you said is so just really hits it on the nail. I think as women, a lot of times, I know for me personally, a lot of times the pressures and things that I'm feeling as a female, I've put on myself. So talk to me a little bit about that. When you talk about the pressures that maybe you, we put on ourselves as women, how do you sort of combat that you two personally, because you, you know, you've shared with me on some Instagram things that I've done and, and you shared, you know, our dad, you, that's what you said. Our dad has always supported us. And I come from a family like that as well. We were expected to do all the same work as the men. There was never any question. And I think sort of, as I got older and, you know, outside influence as well, I started thinking, wow, like, am I equipped to do this? Like, do I fit in, in this industry? So how do you two sort of deal with that and combat your own, like the personal pressures that you put on yourselves? Yeah, I think I'm harder on myself than anyone's ever been on me. I definitely beat myself up. If I can't do something, I beat myself up just nonstop. Um, and I think the outside pressures of people telling us that we couldn't do it or we didn't look like farmers really hurt my confidence early on in my 20s. Now that I'm 32, I'm like, you know what? I am a farmer. I do all the seeding. I can calibrate the drill by myself if I need to. Like, I can do everything involved with that portion because I handle the seeding in the spring. And just going out there and doing it gave me a lot of confidence. And then year after year, I just stopped listening to the critics, I guess. But it took a long time to get over that because society just drills in your head that you're a girl and you shouldn't be able to do it. And it took me a long time to get over that. But I think just learning something new every day gives you more and more confidence to just trust yourself and trust that you can do it. Yeah. And for me, I think the biggest struggle is fixing equipment. That's where I feel like sometimes uh, we're frauds because we can't lift some of the stuff or we're just not as mechanically inclined as some of the guys that help us on the farm, like our dad or Bill. Um, 
But yeah, just jumping into everything. Our dad would always just put me in a tractor or Cassandra in a tractor and say, okay, go do this field, just run it. And he, like his lessons on driving equipment were horrible. Like just <laughs> explains quickly how you do it and then just leaves you there. <laughs> so yeah, there was you a just, lot of, it's just a lot of trial and error and eventually you get confident. <laughs> yeah, he just fully trusts us to just learn it from his three-minute explanation and I don't know he just kind of forced us to learn in the last few years it has just been the three of us mostly on our farm um before we used to have a couple guys that would help and they would kind of fix stuff for us and we'd show up and and just drive equipment and now it's like we have to be there doing all the maintenance and it's made me a lot more confident in what I can do I love that. And I love the storytelling on the equipment because I think any female in the ranching, farming, Western sports, whatever it is world, we can relate to that. The famous thing in my family is they get on a horse as they're riding away from you into the wind under their breath. They mumble the instructions for like what the game plan is when we get to the pasture. And it's like one of those, you don't have. Like, no, you don't ask. Everyone's like, well, why didn't you ask Pappy or Uncle Jeff? Like, what? I, oh, no, I'm not stupid. I'm not asking. Like, if I didn't hear it, I'm just going to have to, like, sort of blindly follow along and hope that I don't get yelled at. Or, like, do <laughs> Because it's like this unspoken, like, oh, God, you would never ask them for instructions. Like, you instructions. <laughs> You're just expected to know what you're supposed to do. So you, I, man, I could so relate to that. I can totally relate to that. How do the two of you handle, especially, man, 2020 has just been a bear. And, you know, following along with you girls, I know that it was just like one challenge after another for the, for the two of you. And then just the world in general has sort of been a crazy mess. How do you sort of handle that, that work life, you know, personal life? balance because it's so hard especially when you're running a farming operation i mean that's all day every day how do you sort of balance the the family and and the work um i think we we definitely struggle with that but because it's always we were always talking about work our dad is non-stop work although he does have fun as long as we get out on the lake and we go water skiing then he's having fun but I think that we definitely need to balance it more where we just enjoy each other's company for the family side because the work is fine. We we work long hours, so that part, there is no balance there. It's just work. Hey, you're um, I don't know. This year was quite hard. We had a thousand-year storm. We got 14 inches of rain in two days, and it really hurt a lot of our crops, so that part was hard. But then um, – we're quite diversified in the manufacturing company our dad owns and also he owns rivers air spray which is an aerial application company and he flies and we're the ground crew that company was swamped with work because of the rain so that is a huge advantage for us because we're diversified um and then i don't know like for the personal side it's been quite hard but at the same time we're rural so we are quite isolated and we have a core little circle of friends that we still see. But I think the agriculture side of, of living in a pandemic is an advantage because we're out in the middle of nowhere and we're quite safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that didn't really change our day-to-day -day work 
No, but I mean, coming into winter, it'll definitely hit harder for us because that's when we usually try to hang out with people more or go to Florida and get away from our horrible winter. (laughs) Yeah, and my husband's American and he's here and his family is all in the U.S. and his mom is not doing super well. And that part's really hard for him and for all of us because we can't go see them. Yeah, that's... That's super tough. And I, you know, I'm sure your husband, I mean, I'm sure the two of you <laughs> have read what the news it, I woke up this morning. So full disclosure, this is going to air. We're recording this the day before election day here in the U S and I'm going to, well, I'll air it next week. So I'm sure at that point, I'm sure as you all are listening to this, it, we still probably won't have a president or know who our new president is at that point. But this has just been such a stressful year. And it's been so interesting for me because like you girls, I grew up sort of, you know, small town. I grew up on a ranch, like wide open spaces, but living in a city in 2020 has just been so stressful. I mean, everything from, you know, when when the riots were happening, like I was standing on my balcony and I could hear them tearing down our big like stadium, American Airlines, from my apartment. Things like that I've never had to deal with have been so scary. Like I have a bag packed in case I need to leave my apartment in the city and just drive as fast, you know, like things like that I've never had to worry about. So I'm listening to the two of you going, man, I wouldn't mind being a Canadian for the next few months. Like, it's just, you know, it's just been, oh, it's been a wild year, but we, we were talking about that kind of throughout the whole pandemic this year that it was, it must be way more rough to live in a city. Yeah. In the U.S., like, I feel like the riots, like we had riots here too, but they were more peaceful than a lot of the American ones were. Mm-hmm. I think that's also just because the population here we have way yeah, less. We, you just don't have way less. <laughs> the chances are lower that it's going to get crazy. Right, right. It's yeah, it's been wild, you know. And I always, I've always, I always wonder, like, what I'm always like, what are the Canadians like? Are they just looking down, thinking, what a dumpster fire? I always wonder, like, what is the <laughs> what is the consensus up in Canada about what's going on in the U.S.? Because I'm like, man, they probably think like. Y'all, our neighbors have lost their mind because we feel that way. In the U.S., we're like, man, we've lost it. Like, nobody can agree on anything. It's just a mess. And like, now we can't even leave. You know, I used to, like the joke used to always be, we'd run to camp. Well, heck, we can't even go anywhere now. And it's funny, (laughs) you know what I mean? I think that it probably is a lot of, your news is so loud and we hear yeah. it. we hear your news more than our own news. yeah so i think that to a point canadians could say that but we have our own problems here like mm-hmm. we just don't hear about it in the u.s because you don't hear our news but we have our own problems your news just comes up to us so we hear about it all the time <laughs> it seems like people here are more invested in your news though and then people get divided here about your division yeah but I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. And I love that. Like you said, we all, everyone has their own problems. We're all trying to survive. We're all trying to, you know, run our farming and ranching operations and, and just, you know, get through, just get through the year. Like if we can just get through yeah. 2020, I put my Christmas decorations up yet on Halloween. I was like, I'm over it. It's Christmas moving on. <laughs> I'm honestly, I think we're going to do that soon too. We got to have some happy. Just, yeah. Why not? Um, <laughs> yeah. 
about, we talked about like diversity and, and, and your operation is very diverse. And I want to talk a little, mainly because I'm intrigued. Uh, you just sort of like slipped into your Instagram. Oh, by the way, we make like, may I say, stunning restoration hardware, like level furniture. I saw your table. And I think Natalie, our friend Natalie Overick, even commented, she goes, something to the effect of, wow, like you never cease to amaze me. And I thought, yeah, like, is there anything that these two don't do? Okay. So tell me about this. How did this get started? Our dad again. <laughs> yeah, honestly, we only are, we like our dad could literally do anything in the world. It's just a fact. Um, so we're just trying to keep up with him. <laughs> he's low key Superman. Like he's just this humble little man that can figure anything out. Um, um, they had a, they, their company bought a decommissioned air base that unfortunately got run down because it was a pig farm. So when they bought it, this hangar had to be taken down. And the uncles kind of just tore it down and they wanted to burn it all. But our dad made them save the wood. So we've been just slowly making tables out of the beams. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a labor of love. Yeah, the first, <laughs> the first three we made were for our friend's restaurant. And I cried nonstop <laughs> for like three weeks <laughs> making them because it was so hard to figure out because it's like warped old wood and then we ended up figuring it out and they're fun to make now but yeah the first three were um stressful life-changingly <laughs> life-changingly stressful I love it hey that's what I love about you too you're always honest so in the yeah. in the in the theory of honesty what do you think as women what do we as women need to maybe be doing differently? What do we need to do more of? What would the two of you, for, for all the women listening, how can we be better about empowering one another, which I think is something we all can agree on we need to work on? How can we just be better about using our voices, standing up for you know the fact that we can do anything, we are capable of being farmers or ranchers or water skiers or professional table makers, you know, we can really do it all. What do we need to do better on our end? Um, my personal thought is stop competing with each other. Um, I think that women are just taught early on to compete with each other. And I just, we have a really cool friend group now that we've actually kind of gained through Instagram in our local community. And it's just these women that are so talented at what they do. They're the ones we teamed up with on the um, Halloween shoot we just did. And all of them are so amazingly talented and we all work together so well. And it's just such a refreshing environment. I really think that women just need to stop competing. The biggest thing I find is just jealousy with among women and just feeling the need to tear others down. If you've, if they feel jealous, we've seen it on our own page a bit and other people's pages. And it's just, it's hard to navigate, I think, because we, we never learned that growing up from our parents. I don't know how to get rid of it. Yeah. It's, oh. it's very sad. Yeah. Because a lot of our, like Sandra's saying, the friends we have right now working together on collabs, 
it's never about competing with each other. It's about building each other up. And like that thing we shared the other day, um, find women who would say your name in a room full of opportunities. I think that says it all. Share, like empowering other women without feeling the need to put yourself out there first or be the center of attention. And I think like with us, we've noticed that now that we've reached a certain level on Instagram, people are coming at us like we're, I don't know if they think we're famous or what, but we're not really famous. We've just spent two years taking pictures. It's something we enjoy doing. We do this because we enjoy it and there is no ulterior motive. And we've got to partake in a few opportunities that are amazing and we've met people through it. And there's just been an underlying like 2% of people that want to make it negative. And I think we've really got to stop that because there's nothing, I don't know. I love, I love watching other people succeed. I love watching their and hearing their stories on how they made it there. I agree, man. I'm just going to put that on. I might just, I'm just going to put that on repeat and make that a podcast in itself. Just that last little answer. And just make, it's going to be a requirement. If you follow me, you have to listen to it. And, and here's the thing, you know, uh, we're, none of us are perfect. I have 100% felt jealous towards other women, but I've never like sent a message to someone and been like, you suck. You're the worst. Why are you wearing that? What? Like, I like to think that I am way too busy trying to grow create a brand that empowers other women that I don't even have time to like be a jerk back on Instagram, but it's just, it's so hard and it's, it's too bad because those 2%, man, they can really ruin the whole, um, they can really ruin the the brandness that is Instagram because it's a great platform. Agreed. And I think like we were having a conversation with our friend the other day too. And she, like, I think we all experience jealousy and it's, fine but she was like when I experience it I look internally and we do that too like why do I feel jealous it's something in my own not life not that person's fault I think it's okay to feel jealous but then like look at why you're jealous and fix it in your own self it's not that person yeah that's so good you know that's what I always tell people those the, the haters, you know, the 2% or whatever, the 1% that are mean, I always try, I always have to remind myself that is a reflection of their character, not mine. That is a reflection yeah. of just like you, you absolutely, you know, you just said it. it. It's, it's a reflection of something that's going on in their life. Okay. Now that we've talked about the bad, you've sort of already answered it, but what is the <laughs> very best thing that has come from your platform. For me, it's this right here, getting to be friends with people like you. (laughs) Literally, I'm like thinking, man, I'm gonna take all the haters all day long if it it means that I get to be friends with the two of you. Like, bring it on. (laughs) I agree. You know what, you know what really sucks is that in 2018 and 19, I was in, like, I was right outside of Dallas. Uh, Yeah, we'd always go there. Oh, we just missed each other. Dang it. Well, it's going to, you know, like I will tell you all, I, I love to travel. I love like new adventures and things. So like, if I just show up in Manitoba, like if you just like, sort of like one, like, you know, six months from now, you're like, Oh, you know, someday you should come to Manitoba. And then like, I show up, don't be freaked out because that's just like how I roll. So if I just show up one day and I'm like, Hey, I'm in, I'm in, uh, Canada. You're like, well, Canada's a big place. I'll be like, well, I'm at your house. You'll be like, 
oh my God, she might be a stalker. But no, it's not. I promise I'm not a weirdo. I just wanted to get that out there. Oh, we're excited. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you over. Yeah, you can come There's move There's not in. much happening here, but we're, we're here. We can have some wine and have a good time. Oh, I love it. I love it. Would you say that's the best thing to come from your platform is just the connections and the relationships that you've been able to form? Yeah, 100%. 100%. We've met, like our, in our own community, we've met girls that are now kind of, they just feel like soul sisters. They're just very... I don't know. They're we just have incredible so friends in common, and then like working with um, some local brands has been really amazing. Like um, this one lady who makes her, all of her own clothes, she designs them, sews them, and we've just become really good friends with her. Yeah, so that part's fun, and yeah, and then all the connections all over the U.S. and the world, really, yeah. of other people in agriculture, other women in ag. It's just it's pretty neat. So cool. Oh my gosh. I'm just so thankful that social media brought us together. Girls, before I let you go, I'm sure you have, what, what's the weather like? Have you gotten snow? Are you guys sort of like inside now for the next several months or what? Are you still working? What's going on? What's going on up there? We actually have four days right now that are going to be quite warm. Yeah, quite unexpected. They're going to be like 60 degrees Fahrenheit, which is outrageous. Wow. You do um, water skiing. Goodness. I know, like the lake's still open, so we might just throw the boat in one more time. <laughs> We're hardcore, but then it's going to be winter for the next eight months, and Ugh. we'll just be in the shop working, doing maintenance and stuff on equipment. What's next for the platform? What can we expect to see on the all Instagram account? Um, oh, we have a collab coming up. I think all the young girls will be excited. Yeah. And also we just fly by the seat of our pants. Yeah. And honestly, we have no idea what's going on. Like yet. we don't have a picture for today or for tomorrow or any other day coming up. <laughs> Make something happen and go. I love, okay. This makes me feel so much better because I, people will ask me, they're like, what um, app do you use to lay out your Instagram posts? I'm like, well, what do you mean? I use Instagram to lay out my Instagram. No, no, no. Like yeah, what app? And I'm like, I know, and I'm you like what? You lay them out ahead of time. And they're like, well, yeah. How do you keep like the, what's the word they use? Like the, not consistency, but like the vibe. I don't know. I'm like, no. Yeah, aesthetic. Yeah, 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 aesthetic. I'm like, do I, shoot, do I need to do that? Like, and then people are like, do you write no. these out and plan them ahead of time? I'm like, no, usually like somebody has irked me or like there's something I need to get off my chest. So I sit down on my phone and I like write it out. And then I post it. People are like, oh, you should really be doing that. <laughs> like you should make a plan. I, uh, this makes me feel so much better that I'm not the only. No, no 100%. It's like winging it. Totally winging it. Plan. I love it. I yeah, love it. and honestly, I think it just makes it more authentic because, like, you get what you get. Yes. This is who we are today. <laughs> yeah, sometimes agree. our grid looks pretty good, and, and then other times it's a mess, and it's just whatever. Yeah, that's me, man. I'll have, like, I'll have two good months where everything's like really the aesthetic is just really like it's coming along and then I'll post like something and I look at it and I'm like, wow, why did I do that? That doesn't, whatever, too late now. I've already, <laughs> I've already posted it. Well, but, yeah, ours is hard too because we have ugly colored equipment. Like if you want a nice grid and then all of a sudden you got like, orange and blue and like, <laughs> I don't know, red, green, blue, and yeah. ugly. Not that the equipment's ugly, but those colors are not our choice. We just got to deal with them. 
it's just a struggle. You know, being an Instagram sensation is really a struggle sometimes. Oh gosh, girls, I could talk to you too forever. I so appreciate you taking the time. I am thrilled to have you on the podcast. I can't wait until I just show up at your house creepily someday in Manitoba. Um, and you're always welcome. Well, maybe we'll show up at your apartment. Yes, please do. I, I have, um, I just got a new chair. So I now have a couch and a chair. So three people can sit at the same time. So see, boom, I'm planned for you. I've planned for you girls to come. It's going to be great. Perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for joining the Cowgirl Problems podcast. I will link uh, all your social pages and everything so everyone can follow you. And thanks for being just fabulous Fancy Lady Farmers and Fancy Lady Cowgirls that I just epitomize. Oh, right back at you. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>